0: Do you need a new or optimized website for your indoor playground or soft play rental business? Well, we now have a team of professional web designers ready to help you bring your vision to life. Our designs marry your aesthetic with what's been proven to work time and time again in this industry. And since we only work with play-based business owners, we have designing high converting websites that can be a complete game changer for your revenue and income down to a science. And we make it really affordable. Head to the show notes for example sites and pricing information, and yes, you can get the professional yet beautiful website of your dreams on the website platform of your choice for less than $800. You can even book a free call with our web design team if you have questions or want to talk about your specific needs. If you want us to, we'll even do all of your tech setup and software integrations so you don't have to lift a finger. We look forward to helping you convert your vision into reality and in turn, convert more browsers into buyers. Head to the show notes for all of our web design information. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, happy Friday. I hope you're having an amazing week. I am so excited to bring you this episode today because I have another very special guest and we're gonna be talking about one of my favorite topics with a twist. So if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, even going back all the way to episode one, you know I love talking about email marketing and email list growth and I truly believe this is one of the most underutilized marketing tactics in the indoor playground space. So my guest today is Tracy Beavers, and as the CEO and founder of Tracy Beavers Coaching, Tracy has a proven track record in marketing, sales, and business growth. With 20 years of experience, Tracy's helped hundreds of entrepreneurs just like you with everything from overcoming the fear of sales to growing their business visibility through organic marketing strategies. She's a public speaker and a published author, and she's been featured on top business podcasts, not just this one, and has been a regular contributor on one of her hometown's premier TV shows. And she's also the creator of two online programs, Business Visibility Made Easy and Be a Confident Entrepreneur. When I wanted to have Tracy on today's episode because, again, we're going to be talking about email marketing, but as I alluded to, we're going to be putting a twist on it. So you guys know I love talking about Facebook and Instagram and Google ads and how those can all contribute to growing your email list. But Tracy really specializes in growing your business visibility and your email list organically without ads. And this is something that I just don't talk about enough. So we're going to revisit the importance of email marketing if you're not quite convinced yet. And then she's going to give you some tips and strategies on how you can grow your list and overcome that fear of emailing your list regularly in this episode. And it is a really good one. So I thought it was the perfect conversation to round out your week and give you something to work on heading into the weekend. Now, I have all of Tracy's social media accounts and her website linked in the show notes, so after you're done listening to this conversation, if you want to keep learning from Tracy like I was super excited to do after I talked to her, head to the show notes and follow along there. All right, without further ado, here is my conversation with Tracy Beavers. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hey, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be with you.
0: All right, so we are going to be talking about one of my absolute favorite topics today, which is email marketing. And if email marketing is something you feel a little bit of resistance around, I want you to challenge yourself to tune into this entire interview, because I think we're going to change your mind a little bit, or rather, Tracy's going to change your mind a little bit. So Tracy, before we dive into today's topic, do you want to get started by letting us know who you are and who you serve?
1: Yes, I'm Tracy Beavers and I'm a business and sales coach from Little Rock, Arkansas. And I decided about seven years ago, I had had enough of my corporate career and I hatched a plan to leave. And that included taking my 20 years of experience in marketing sales and business growth and becoming a business and sales coach in the online space. And I serve online entrepreneurs, largely women, but I do have a lot of male clients as well that want to grow their audience Um, online, grow their visibility so they can grow their email list and get that consistent monthly income that they really, really want and need, you know, for their family.
0: Awesome. So what is it about email marketing that, you know, makes you so passionate about it that you wanted to teach it? I am passionate
1: about it because it is, in my opinion, it is the number one thing that is going to give you success in your business. And through the years, um, when I first started in um, business coaching, I uh, largely started here locally and had a lot of brick and mortar customers, Um, whether they were service-based like massage therapists, neurofeedback clinics, chiropractors, to um, product-based if they had a bookstore or a boutique or something like that. And then it has evolved into online course creators and entrepreneurs like you and I, but one thing is the same for all of them, no matter what kind of business you have. The email list is the key to sustaining your business and keeping your clients close to you so that you stay top of mind and so that they could never, ever think about turning to your competition because you are top of mind with them and you've built that connection and that deep know, like, and trust factor. That they just can't help but stay with you they want to stay with you and then they start referring you to their friends and family which is even better so that email list is really the key to doing that
0: awesome so we're going to talk about what to say to people once they sign up i know that's one of the biggest questions that everybody has nobody wants to feel spammy or salesy so don't worry we're going to get there but before <laughs> we kind of tackle that topic that i know everyone's waiting for What are some strategies that you typically recommend to get those subscribers on your list so that you can start forming those relationships? That's a great question. There's lots of different strategies I have that I teach for
1: email list growth. They don't have to do with paid ads because paid ads for me have not been a good conversion. They've been kind of a waste of money, honestly. But that's how my strategies were born was through my frustration with paid ads. And I I know your audience is probably familiar with free lead magnets or, um, you know, things like that, that you can give to your clients where they opt in free opt ins is what we'll call them. But there's also other strategies. And, um, you know, one of the reasons why and another reason why email um, is so important is because we can build our businesses in using social media in the online space, but we don't own social media. Building there only is like building your business on rented land. And I know your audience has heard that before. You've probably said that to them before, but I don't know if you guys remember a year or so ago, Facebook and Instagram went completely dark. They were, the lights were out for about 36 hours. And I am a leader in the meta leaders network with Facebook. And when the lights came back on and we were all at back in that Facebook group, unfortunately there were a lot of business owners that lost a lot of money because their only way of communicating with their clients and keeping themselves top of mind and close to their clients was using social media. So again, there's another reason why the email list is so important because that's all we own as a business owner. We don't own social media. We don't control the algorithm. We have no control over whether or not your best friend is actually gonna see your post, but you can control whether or not your best friend is gonna get your email. So when it comes to building your email list, As a brick and mortar business, a really great way to do that is, is something like what my chiropractor does, which is an intake form, obviously for a patient, you know, and for your, um, play cafes, they could very easily capture that email as the clients come in. Um, it reminds me of being in Bath and Body Works. How many times do you go into Bath and Body Works to buy something? And the first thing the cashier asks you is, can I get your email address so that we can send you our, you know, updates and sales and things like that? And so, just asking, simply asking the customers and clients for their email address, you'd be amazed at how many times they'll give it to you. Especially if they know that you're going to keep them updated on everything that's going on in your play space, whether you've got a special on birthdays, whether you've got a certain holiday promo coming up, um, if you've got a new birthday party idea that you're that you're doing, or a new, um, you know, you've got space open for people to have their networking events. Whatever it is that you've got going on. That you want to communicate to them, they're going to want to be on that list if they've enjoyed their time with you. So um, you can do it that way, just by asking them. You can also, as a brick and mortar business, set up a rewards program. I'm sure you talked about that as well. You know, frequent flyer kind of thing. You know, you come in five times, you get um, two dollars off your next uh, drink at at the on, the on the sixth visit or something like that. People love love to be rewarded and recognized for their loyalty and for the time and the money that they're spending with us. Um, So, you know, and and then, you know, people love gifts as well. Um, I always like to encourage my clients to keep track of their clients' birthdays, their marquee events, their birthdays, their wedding anniversaries. So when you have somebody that does a celebration with you at the Play Cafe or schedules a meeting, that intake form that you're gonna to use to get all their information so that you can take their reservation, I would go ahead and put birthday on there. I would go ahead and put wedding anniversary on there. And that is going to, again, give you another reason to email them or even better, mail them a birthday card if you because you probably have their address as well. Um, but these are all things you can do to help you grow that email list. And then when it comes to what do you say to your client, I want you to picture you sitting in your play cafe with that client sitting right in front of you and you're having a cup of coffee and you're having a conversation because I want the email to feel like it is you talking to them one person at a time. We don't want to email a group of people and say, hey, everybody, how's your week going? You know, as the general group email. We want it to be, Hey, Michelle, how's your week going? You know, our kids have been sick. I hope your kids are okay. You know, we just had a smashing birthday party at the play cafe, or, you know, we had a, a, a speaker come in that, you know, was talking about uh, ways you can get your kids prepped for school. And that event was awesome, but I'm talking to you as if you and I are having a conversation and I think we overthink it. A lot of times um, we think that our emails to our clients have to be, you know, fabulous and have sparklers and fireworks attached to them. And they don't, they could just be very simple. Hey, how's it going? I thought of you. Here's an update on what's been happening at our our business and remember us for the next time you have an event.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And a couple of things that I kind of wanted to touch on. So we are actually very, very lucky as indoor playground owners in that Almost 100% of us have waivers that we require people to sign, which nice. include email address and birthday. Perfect. However, as you were kind of alluding to, and as I mentioned a few minutes ago, a lot of people struggle with what to actually say and how often to actually say it, how often right. to email their list once they get the emails. So we yeah. are pretty lucky in that regard when it comes yeah. to you know us compared to other industries. So I love what you mentioned about keeping it simple, because I absolutely agree that we overthink it. And Mm -hmm. I noticed that a lot of people that are now indoor playground owners, they either came from the corporate marketing world. So they're used to seeing and reading and digesting these really polished, formatted, graphic-designed email newsletters, and Mm -hmm. they assume that their business, their emails have to look exactly the same. So yeah, I'm maybe. so glad that you mentioned that. And that's something that I always try to remember. Anytime I sit down to write email copy or just write an email, I immediately think of my ideal customer avatar. And it's mm-hmm. so funny. I have some episodes that I'll linked about this, but I actually have like a specific person in my life who matches mm-hmm. my ideal customer. And so I will literally picture her and think of her as I write my email. Like, mm-hmm. and let's say her name is Julie. It's not, but let's say her name is Julie. I say, you know, what would Julie think is exciting about this event? Or what would make Julie book a birthday party? Would it be, you know, hearing someone else's experience? Would it be some cool pictures? Um, you know, what would Julie find funny about this event this past weekend or something like that? So I literally have someone to picture because I, previous to, you know, hearing this concept of writing, you know, in a one-to-one style instead of saying, Hey, everybody, you know, and making someone feel like they're on a list. I right. I understood the concept, but I could never actually put it into practice. It just felt too weird until I actually found someone in my life that fit. And so that I could picture her actual face as uh-huh. I was typing the email. So I love what you said. Um, but again, uh-huh. I had a really hard time putting that into practice. So if anyone is kind of like me and that feels a little strange, try to picture someone that's, you uh-huh. know, in your real life. Picture your favorite person that comes to your play cafe
1: regularly and talk talk to them in your email. Um, and you're so right, Michelle. I think part of our training in, in, in middle school and high school and if you went to college is being grammatically correct, having your punctuation correct. And if they did spend time in corporate, yes, they're used to those corporate emails that are very professional and polished and buttoned up. But you know what else? They're also really boring. (laughs) And we don't want to be boring. And so you don't have to have bells and whistles and graphics and all that jazz in your email in order for it to be effective. What you need is to show your heart and be a human being talking to another human being. That is going to go farther than any buttoned up, polished, beautifully graphic email. If I got a beautifully graphic email, but it felt cold and it felt businessy and it felt like transactional, you know, that they were just wanting my money. Hey, this is the next event at the, at the, at the store, come see us. Well, that doesn't feel very good. Or, you know, here's photographs of, um, an awesome birthday party we did, or this is the event we've got coming up. This is an annual event. Here's pictures from last year. Can you imagine you and your family coming to this and having just an, an awesome afternoon together? You know, that kind of thing where you're thinking of me and how, what you're going to say to me is going to make me feel. And even if that email is short and sweet, that's okay. It does not have to be a long drawn out diatribe of anything, you know, and a lot of people think that a newsletter has to have that, you know, that old school church newsletter feel where it has the little squares on it and there's information in each square and that kind of thing. Uh. Uh-uh. No, just make your email super simple. The most read parts of an email are the subject line and the PS, and so even the body of the email, people are skimming. So even if you say something that isn't perfect, chances are they're skimming it anyway. But you make your bot make your email as long as you need to get the connection, and, but and make your point, but also short. So be a, be as brief as you can while getting your point across and just use lots of white space to make it really easy for people to skim it. Literally, I'll have one sentence and a couple of spaces and another sentence. And if my English teacher from high school or college saw that, they would go insane. They would be like, that is so wrong. You know, your grammar is off, you know, and I, and I write like I talk, which I'm sure you do too. And I say, y'all, and I, you know, I make up words and I talk with my hands a lot. And so I put a, some emojis in there. But all of that shows my personality and allows that other person to feel as though they are having a conversation with me. And that is going to keep them opening my emails. And that's what keeps me top of mind. The next time somebody says, oh, I think I need to hire a business coach. They're gonna be like, well, she's been in my inbox all this time. You know, the next time I need to, to rent a space for an event, the next time I need an afternoon to go work. Um, you know, while my children play and have a great time in a safe space, the next time I need to schedule a birthday party for somebody, you're going to stay top of mind with that person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said about keeping it short and sweet. So often I hear from indoor playground owners that you know that they don't have time for email, and they feel like this—it's this huge task. When really they could open up their email service provider, type a quick note, add a nice picture, again, as if they were sending as if they were sending something to a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be as simple as that. And they can send and they can get sales from it. Absolutely. I think a lot of people forget that. And so it was so nice to hear that. And something else you mentioned that I thought was great was that, you know, you never know when someone's going to be thinking about birthday parties. You never know when somebody is going to be, you know, sitting on the couch with their kids running crazy and they're like, oh my gosh, I wish we had a change of scenery. You never right. know when your email is going to pop into your customer's inbox at the perfect time when that subject is top of mind for them. You know, they might have seen your emails for months and months prior, but mm-hmm. you know, we're busy, especially parents of young children, which are the people that most of us serve. So I think that yeah. was a, a very important reminder that not only are they o- already going to feel a level of comfort and you know, a relationship with you, even if they've never engaged with your emails before, because they've just been seeing your business name in their right. inbox so consistently that when your email does come at the perfect time, they're going to be so much more likely to purchase. And one other thing that I meant to touch on earlier, and I'm glad that you brought it back up is I mentioned that a lot of indoor playground owners were previously in the corporate world. So that's kind of scenario one. And then scenario two, which I think gives them a lot of fear around email marketing, is that they follow a lot of corporate play spaces. So even if they were teachers previously or if they were real estate agents previously, they, t- they typically will follow a lot of the big franchises, a lot of the corporate, a lot, the corporate mm-hmm. indoor playgrounds, and they'll get these very polished newsletters And exactly Mm -hmm. what you said, it will feel cold. Mm -hmm. Whenever I get one of those emails, I know that I'm part of a big list because, you know, they're speaking as if they're speaking to thousands of people because they are. And what we, you know, can really leverage as our superpower, as small local business owners is that personality is the fact that there's, you know, one person behind the screen that does really care about their customers and their community. And, you know, sometimes we get this imposter syndrome as small business owners and we think, oh, you know, no one's gonna care about my business because it's too small, or I'm never gonna be able to, you know, have as great of birthday parties as, you know, Chuck E. Cheese or whatever the local franchise or chain around you is. But we forget that being small can be really powerful and it can Mm -hmm. produce a level of comfort and a level of personalization and customization you know in the relationships that we have with our clients that i really love to see people lean into in their email marketing so i'm so glad that you brought that back up right and being
1: a, a local business owner is powerful there is there's so there there is such a movement throughout the US of shop local support your local businesses and in your emails you can set yourself apart by showcasing what's going on in your community, you can do that better than the franchises can because the franchises don't really care what's going on in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I am. <laughs> More specifically, I'm in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Nobody knows North Little Rock, Arkansas like I do. And I get the community calendar and I know what's going on in downtown. And I know when the St. Patrick's Day parade is. And I know when the Mardi Gras celebration is. And I know when they're doing the Halloween um Halloween trick or treating in the neighborhoods and I know when they're doing the lighting of the holiday tree. And so if you know those things too and you're keeping your finger on the thumb of your local community and you're saying to me, "Hey Tracy, you know, this is what's been going on at the Play Cafe. Did you know that the holiday tree lighting is coming up on December 20th and and here's the address for it and we would love for you to come by. We're going to have cocoa and cookies and Santa's going to come by. So after you go to the holiday tree lighting, come see us. You know, And the other thing you could do, that would be kind of fun. Why not throw a recipe in there or something that goes along with what you're talking about? So if you're talking about Halloween, um, you could give ideas for trick or treat things that are not sugar related. You know, there's a lot of kids out there that have sensory, um, sensory, um, yeah, sensory processing, that maybe they're allergic to gluten. They can't have a lot of sugar. You could give tips on, trick or treats for children with autism or Asperger's or something that that makes them just a little bit more sensitive where they need a little bit, something different at Halloween. That would be really cool and show how much you care. You could talk about your favorite cocoa recipe that your grandmother gave you, you know and this is something your family always makes or your favorite sugar cookies at Christmas. Talk about your holiday traditions. Talk about the things that are going on with your family. And that is going to create that family atmosphere that you're really wanting to cultivate and and remind people that you are a family, that you are a human being, that you are, yes, you're a business owner, but you're also a person that has the same hopes and dreams that they do and favorite cookies and favorite snacks at Halloween and, you know, Super Bowl stuff and all that other jazz. So if if you kind of bring it home to... What would that other person like to hear that's fun, that's, that's going on at my cafe, that's going on in our local area? And what's what's a little tip I could share with them? Like, you know, during back to school, what if you did, a, you know, something like, hey, hey, moms and dads, you know, drop the kids off at their first day at school, take the pictures, then come sit with us, bring your laptop. And then here's a list of five unique lunches you could pack for your kids for the day you know, like showing them how to, I saw on the Today Show the other day, they were making sandwiches out of apples and peanut butter. Like a slice of apple was the bread, then the peanut butter and some nuts. And then another slice of apple was the top of the sandwich. And I thought, well, that was kind of fun. You know what I mean? So it's that kind of stuff that's really going to set you apart.
0: I love that. And I love what you mentioned as well about sharing tips about specific things that parents might be interested in, because obviously, you know, my son is autistic. So the autism Um, tips and things like that is something that I shared pretty frequently with my email list. And what I loved about that is that it allowed me to gauge my customer's interest level with it as well. So if somebody was opening that email and engaging with it, I might be able to tag those people then and let them know about our sensory friendly events or our autism friendly events that are happening at our cafe or if we're donating money to an autism related organization, because You know, spoiler alert, one of the things that I want to get into next is how often we should be communicating with our list because that's mm-hmm. something that I know people listening and watching have a lot of fear about yeah. that. They feel like they're emailing too much. They feel like they're being obnoxious and spammy, and they're they feel a lot of resistance around selling. And one of my favorite ways to get around that fear is targeted email marketing messages is segmenting your customers based on not just what they you know engage with what they what they have expressed interest in but i love mm-hmm. that you mentioned that you can send specific emails related to their birthday or exactly. related to past events they've been going to so let's get into this now because i know this is another thing that people mm-hmm. love to talk about so right. how often should we be communicating with our list and do you think that there is you know, we should have any fear around emailing too much?
1: That's a great question. And I completely understand how people would feel that way. I really do. Because nobody wants to seem overly aggressive or spammy or salesy or, or have people unsubscribe. I mean, you just, you know, sometimes we just, we're just so, um, so we want to be so aware of other people's feelings that sometimes it makes us stuck. So to start off with, what I would say is, if they're, if your audience is not emailing at all, let's start with once a month. Now, you and I both know they need to be emailing more than that, but let's baby step them into this, okay? So let's just commit to once a month and do, do something like a little framework like I talked about. What's a local event you could highlight that could correspond with something you're doing at your Play Cafe? And then what's a little tip you could give them about their kids or about... Um, their laptop, you know, people are bringing their laptops in. Is there a laptop recycle event going on? You know, that, you know, your audience might want to know about that's something that's pertinent to them. And then I want you to commit to doing it twice a month. And then I want you to commit to doing it three times a month. And what I want you to work up to is four times a month, meaning once per week. Now, once you get in the flow of this, it's going to start to get easier. Once you start the process and you start looking for things to share in your community, tips that you find online about uh, things that kids love or things that working parents need, or um, hey, are you now working a corporate job and you've got some flexibility between you have to be at the office on these days, you work remote on these days, all of the things that are going through the minds of your clients. Once you start getting in the groove of sharing stuff like that, you're going to find more and more things like that. It's, it's kind of like your reticular activation system gets activated. Like if you want to, are wanting to buy a a Honda Accord, a white Honda Accord, well, all of a sudden you see every single white Honda Accord out there on the street, right? It's like all of a sudden, like everybody bought one and that's not true. Not everybody bought one, but your reticular activation system has been wired to, to take note. The same thing happens with you as you get into the groove of creating your email content your brain is going to start getting wired to pay attention to cool things that your audience is going to love. So I promise it's going to get easier. And, th- and another step I want them to take is with regard to social media. I would love for your audience to make sure that on Facebook at least, because, well, unless their audience is mainly on Instagram, it could be Facebook, it could be Instagram. For me, my audience is largely on Facebook. That's where I started and that's where, that's what I know how to build and max out. But when your cafe owners are out networking locally, which, you know, I'm sure you encourage them to do, go to the local chamber, be involved with the Rotary, be involved with the, the charity events and organizations that they love because that's going to get them vi- visibility for their business, you know, sponsoring a softball team, things like the T-ball team, things like that. I'm sure you talk about those things as well. Yeah. Here's the thing. If you and I are at a chamber of lunch and I meet you and you're like, I'm Michelle and I own the Play Cafe on XYZ Street, and I think you're so cool and I get your business card and I love Facebook. I'm gonna go to Facebook and look you up, right? But if your personal profile doesn't say anything about your business or how I can land on your email list, that's where the connection's gonna stop, probably. So I want everybody to check their per Facebook personal profile. And if they need to look at mine, they absolutely can. Now I'm not perfect. But I have it pretty dialed in because it is a strategy that I teach. When you land on my Facebook personal profile, you're going to see who I am, what I do, who I serve. You're going to see all of the menu of me, meaning my website, my Instagram, my LinkedIn, my Facebook business page, my Facebook group. So you want to put all of your links there, too, for your play cafe. So people, they just know exactly how to contact you without question. You want to put your Facebook business page there because you are a legitimate business owner and you want to link it there so they can easily find it. And then that cover photo, you want that to showcase something that's going on in your business with a click here graphic on it, where they click on your cover photo and there's a description box that's going to open to the side and that's where you can put your hyperlinks. So like, let's say for example, it is back to school and you're offering you're like, I've got five, five great sandwich ideas or five great lunchbox ideas for your kids. Click here. So they click there. And they go and they can get your hyperlink that goes to the landing page where they can opt in for the five great sack lunch ideas. And they've landed on your email list.
0: I love that. And I, I think that a lot of us forget that we can use our personal profile to showcase our business. Yes, And a lot of us have, again, a lot of fear around that because, you know, we don't necessarily want to be the face of our business or, you know, whatever the case may be. But yeah. I think it's a good reminder that, you know, there are people on our friends list and especially us local business owners, you know, we're really doing ourselves a disservice if we don't have those call to actions on our personal profile. Exactly.
1: I have a uh, one of my clients. I'll tell her story really quick. She helps parents um, when their children are diagnosed with ADHD and she has a private practice in Cape Cod. It's been brick and mortar for years. Very successful. But she and her... Um, business partner wanted to get into the online space. And I told her, I said, you need to have your personal profile, showcase your business. And for that reason, she was really shy to do it. She said, I don't want my friends and family to think I'm being all businessy. Well, do you know that the minute she started sharing on her personal profile about her business, she started getting more clients. Because some of her friends and family had no idea what she did. And as business owners, I know, I know that it can feel kind of strange to be the face of the business, but you're a business owner. And I'm going to give you a little tough love. You are the face of your business, whether you like it or not, you're the owner. You're, you know, you're the person that people will come to. You're the person that people come to, to ask for the sponsorships, to book the birthday parties and all of that. And so the more you're comfortable being visible and showing people who you are and what you're about, the more business is going to come your way.
0: I love that. And I, you know, it's hard to kind of overcome that fear of being the face of your business. But again, it kind of goes back to leaning into your superpower Mm -hmm. and, you know, humanizing your business and saying like, I, this is a local family business. There's a real person behind it. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to continue, you know, allowing you to form those deeper relationships with your customers, especially, I mean, a lot of us indoor playground owners serve Um, parents with young kids. So if you have, you know, young kids show that and let people know that, you know, I'm in it with you. I created the space because it's something that I needed. And, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of my inspiration came from my own experiences. So, you know, a lot of us are good about sharing our story on our business pages, but we forget that we meet people every single day, whether it's at Mm -hmm. dance class or in the supermarket or at a networking event as you mentioned. So it is a great reminder to include something or a cover photo or links or descriptions and things like that. And I'll link to your Facebook profile in the show notes because mine could use a little work (laughs) right now, as we're recording this, I do have a great cover photo. However, it will be gone by the time uh, this episode gets out, so who knows? Maybe this will be me holding myself accountable, and I'll create a new cover photo with a call to action. But I will link your Facebook, uh, your Facebook link in the show notes or in the video description if you are watching. So thank you so much for that reminder. So one quick thing that I wanted to ask before we wrap up: another thing that I get a lot of questions about is a welcome sequence for new subscribers. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you recommend? And is it as hard tech-wise as some of us might think? Right. Great question. It is not difficult. The,
1: I think. I think the most difficult part is writing the email. Obviously, what am I going to say? Then once you have that, as long as you know the tech pieces of where to plug it into into your um, email service provider, you're fine. You're golden. Now. I think it depends on the situation if I feel like a welcome sequence is needed. Um, Years ago, when I first started in the online space, the um, strategy was you create the free lead magnet and you create two to three emails that go with it that the person is going to receive once they've opted in for it. And for me, I did that for the first two or three free free lead magnets that I had. But I've kind of gotten away from it because I send regular emails twice a week. So if you opted in for a freebie of mine today, you're gonna get an email from me on Friday that is the replay of the live training that I did today for my Facebook group. You're also gonna get an email from me next Tuesday that talks about what I'm gonna talk about in next Thursday's live training. So I am regularly emailing my list. And for that reason, I feel like if I threw in a welcome sequence and with everything they opted in for, it would be too much. So I guess what I would say is If you're not yet ready to email your list, which Michelle and I both think you should do, um, but if you need that welcome sequence to get you warmed up, go ahead and do that with maybe one one free opt-in. And I wouldn't make it a long drawn out thing. I might even just say, just give them one email or maybe two, Um, you know, hey, here's your five great ways to pack your kids lunch. Thanks so much. You know, this is what we've got going on in the play cafe. Um, We've got a rewards program, whatever you want to tell them, and then put them into your regular, regular weekly content. I'd love to know what you think about that, Michelle.
0: So for us, I mean, it's a little bit more difficult as brick and mortar business owners. We have so many different revenue streams. So I do generally recommend an email sequence, but it's because so many of our customers find us via one service. So usually open play. So Uh most of my email subscribers did come from either I used to give away a free coffee for an email, um, an email subscription, or they come across our email list because they signed a waiver. Uh So they came for us for open play. And I think something that's unique, again, for indoor playground business owners is that we have so many additional revenue streams that people don't necessarily get exposure to during open play. So typically, I do recommend an email sequence just to introduce these new subscribers into the other facets of our business, like birthday parties, like events. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't think it needs to be complicated. I don't think it needs to be long, but especially, I love what you said about not being quite ready to do weekly, regular content. What I love about an email sequence is that you can feel so confident, even if you're just not great at emailing consistently, every single time you see that notification pop up on your phone that somebody subscribed to your list, you know that they're going to get served content for at least a couple of weeks. And I generally recommend spacing those emails out, you know, several right. days to a week in case you are sending out regular email. But for us as, you know, business owners that have all of these different revenue streams, I absolutely found myself being so guilty of only emailing about birthday parties or only emailing about events. And so just having the confidence that a new subscriber is going to automatically get information sent about Mm. these maybe lesser talked about aspects of our business, that just made me sleep better at night (laughs) as a business owner. I didn't have to, you know, before I put an email sequence into effect. I would literally get a notification that I got a new email subscriber and I would think, oh gosh, I better send out an email about birthday parties or wow, I haven't sent an email about this in a while. So again, it just made me more comfortable that I didn't feel like I had to talk about all of the things right away when I got a new subscriber. But I love what you mentioned about, again, keeping it simple and spacing it out so that it's not too much stuff at once. All right, so now that we are all excited about email marketing and we're ready to take the next step and grow our email list without using paid ads and then leverage that to get more sales and really forge more connections with our customers. I love that we really focused on that because, again, it feels good to form relationships with customers. And I really want people listening to, you know, abandon this fear that emailing is just about selling. If you have people that raised their hand and said, I want to be added to your email list and you're not letting them know what services you can offer them, that's a huge disservice for them. So I always like to keep that in mind. If I'm ever feeling any resistance around email marketing, I always like to remember that sometimes selling is serving. You know, if I have a really cool autism friendly Halloween event coming up and I have people on my list that have indicated an interest in autism-friendly events, why would I not tell them about it and have them, you know, risk missing out on it? Because as you mentioned in the beginning, not everybody sees our social media posts. We have much more control over the deliverability rates of our email. So now that we're all excited about leveraging email marketing, where can we go to learn more about your program and where can we go to follow you? Do you want to talk a little bit about how you teach email marketing?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. So I teach, as I mentioned, all organic email list growth strategies, no paid ads. And I'm not going to tell you to go create a whole bunch of lead magnets and post them out on social. My program is an eight week live collaborative group coaching program. It's called business visibility made easy. And it is the step-by-step system to grow an email list of your ideal clients without paid ads. And it does kick off in another week. I have live masterclasses coming up. I have four live masterclasses in October. I'd love for your audience to join me. I'm going to teach them four simple strategies that they can use that day coming away from the masterclass to boost their email list growth in ways they have not considered or imagined. And there are things they can put in practice that same day. So you're going to want to go to tracybeavers.com forward slash masterclass to check out the dates and times and grab your spot. And then if you'd like to connect with me in my free Facebook group, it's called be a confident entrepreneur, get visible and grow your income. We have online entrepreneurs in there. We have brick and mortar entrepreneurs in there and everybody collaborates and supports each other. So if you get stuck on something or you need help wording something, you know, you just ask for help and somebody's there to help you.
0: All right. That sounds great. And I will link all of that in the show notes or in the video description. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michelle. All right, that wraps up my conversation with Tracy Beavers. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're excited about growing your email list organically and you want to keep learning from Tracy, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, all of Tracy's information and her website and her coaching program are linked in the show notes. All right, have an amazing weekend, Playmakers, and I will see you right back here on Monday.